Welcome to episode 15 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. This month I am joined in my virtual cake factory of awesomeness with the absolutely lovely Clover, who is a, sort of a quarter of um, the, the podcast scrolls, which means I've now had a half of them on the show. <laughs> Welcome to the parlour, my dear. Thank you very much for having me. It's very nice to be here. That's all right. It's nice very to much have... virtual cake. <laughs> It's nice to have another set of boobs in the parlour. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> you don't often get. We should be easy past the um the what's it test? What do they call it? That test for films where they, if there's two women talking to each other in a film. <laughs> it's it a thing. It gives them a B, yeah. That's it, it, it's to do with how the role the women play in films and like they're always just there as sort of add-ons to the men. And even if there's more than one woman in it, they never actually talk to each other. I'm going to have to start paying attention to that now, aren't I? Oh, I'm going to look it up now. I can't remember what it's called. (laughs) (laughs) Well, while you're looking that up, would you like to um, sell people on the idea of scrolls? Certainly, yes. Um, Scrolls is uh, part of the Geek Syndicate network, and we are the literary podcast on Geek Syndicate. So we talk about books, um, generally in the genres of science fiction, fantasy and horror. And um, we generally just sort of blather on about particular topics, um, talk about books we've been reading recently, do a few reviews, maybe the occasional interview. Dion is just in the process. Dion, who is my um, better half and also the sort of glorious leader of scrolls, is, is in the process of, of sort of giving it a bit of a, a bit of a um, facelift. So we're, we're changing the format on it slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be more segment based rather than um previous podcasts where we've just picked a theme and talked around a theme um so yeah so we, we're just basically anything to do with books in in those genres is it and also quite a lot of talk about cake and general food stuff i see i, I like to talk about cake cake is nice <laughs> I love a good slice of Battenberg. But um, I actually, is it sad that I actually started reading a proper book the other day because I thought, oh, Clover's coming on the show and Ooh. it'll be really sad if all I've got to review are comics and oh. stuff. And I thought I'll pick up an actual book, but I haven't finished it yet. So, <laughs> what, do you, what, what, what book did you pick up? Um, it's called Sock, <laughs> which uh, is by Penn Gillette, who most people will probably know as one half of Penn and Teller. Um, mm. And I picked this up simply because the blurb on Amazon made it seem really awesome. And it's essentially, it's written by a sock monkey. <laughs> 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 See, it's not sounding like the classiest of effects. <laughs> but it's actually really good. I'm about sort of halfway through. And it is this sock monkey is owned by a guy who is a police diver in America somewhere. I've already forgotten where. That's terrible. Yeah, so he's a police diver, and the the sort of the book is following him trying to find out 
what happened to a girl who pulls out the river who happens to be uh, the corpse of quite an important ex-girlfriend. So it's a, like, sock monkey detective. <laughs> well, the, the sock monkey isn't a detective. He just happens to find out about things because... He's a sidekick, the, Yeah, yeah the, um, it's, it's quite funny, actually, because the way the story goes, like, this guy is obviously not a real policeman. He's, he's just the guy who fishes things out of the river. So he's sort of trying to quite stealthily poke around into his ex's life because once he pulls her out of the river, he realises she's, like, the one that got away, mm. um, which is why he's so desperate to find out what happened to her because he gets the feeling this is going to be one of those cases that the police are like, uh, crime of passion, sod it off, don't pay attention kind of thing. Um, and he sort of enlists the help of a friend of his ex who is um, a gay salon manager. <laughs> so it all just becomes this kind of ludicrous good cop, bad cop, except it's more kind of like nonchalant cop, gay cop. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying it well. It sounds great. Are you enjoying it? I am. I am. It's um, it's a weird one. I think the the one thing I don't like about it is um, obviously like because it's written by a sock monkey. Oh god, this is weird. Um, it's the way it's written is very sort of pop culturey in the sense that you know the the only sort of language the monkey's been exposed to is like this kid growing up talking to his friends or watching movies and porn and stuff so and listening to music uh, in his bedroom so a lot of um he talks in a lot of quotes and i'm not particularly up on films or music that existed before i was a fetus ah so sometimes i'm looking at it i'm thinking that has to be a quote because it doesn't quite fit the rest of the narrative but i don't know what it's from which is a little bit jarring yeah yeah you you, you need notes with it or something yeah yeah like a little footnote to tell me this is taken from the rolling stones yeah <laughs> just so i feel better about myself so do we feel that, that, that this monkey is actually real or is it a figment of the imagination of the bloke in it then uh, well he quite freely admits sort of quite a lot of, a lot of times so far i mean i'm only halfway through and there's probably yeah. about six or seven references to the fact that he's imaginary <laughs> oh right. so you kind of get the feeling that this might I, I wonder whether this book might end with this guy finding out what happened to this ex and going do lally and writing this book from the perspective of his monkey. I don't know. Ah, okay. Maybe. But it's, like, weird enough to make me want to keep reading it and find out how it actually does end. <laughs> it sounds really intriguing, actually. I, I like the sound of that. I like something a bit a bit weird and wonderful. Uh, yeah. I'll let you know how it goes. Uh, Okay. At the end of it, but I'm I'm enjoying yeah. it so far. So um, the only problem is, like, do you ever read a book that contains so much swearing or naughty references that sometimes you're reading it on the bus thinking, I hope nobody's looking <laughs> <laughs> You're a little bit embarrassed. Yeah, you're, you're, you're probably all right as long as there's no pictures. Well, there haven't been any pictures so far except a very small one of a sock monkey. Oh, okay. So well, you probably get away with it then. That's yeah. <laughs> It's a good book, though. I don't. I, t- I think I only. I literally only picked this up because I like Penn and Teller, though. <laughs> Which is yeah. it's just like it's not a book about magic, but I'm still going to read it. <laughs> well, it, it, it's it's as good a reason as any, I think. You know, pick up a book, but uh, yeah. I've not heard of that at all, though. I think it was just one of those things, because I'd added... Oh, it was Amazon recommended it to me, because I'd added... He's also written a book about atheism, mm. and his sort of journey in life as an atheist. And I'd added that to my wish list, and it was like, oh, maybe you'd quite like this book called Sock. And I was like, oh, 
Maybe I would. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that sounds quite interesting. Did you manage to find out what that thing was? <laughs> no, I, I'm sorry, I've been rubbish. I've just got onto Wikipedia. Trouble is, I can't. I'm not quite sure what I what I need to what I need to look <laughs> what do I need to look for. That thing. Women in films. Okay, let's have a look. Uh, I'll Google it. There is. It begins. I'm pretty sure it begins with a B. Uh, is it Bazonga's theory? <laughs> the Bazonga's theory. How many Bazonga <laughs> to to <laughs> to Willy ratio? In film? <laughs> ah. Bechdel test. Oh, okay. Bechdel uh, test movie list. So hold on, I'll just see what it says. One, it has to have at least two named women in it who talk to each other about something besides a man. <laughs> what about shoes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. You see, something like um, the, the flipping Sex of the City <laughs> would probably pass. <sighs> I was, when we were at... Um, we were at the Sci-Fi Weekend, and they were talking about women, women in literature, or women, you know, female writers. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things they were talking about this test, and they were saying, well, it's all very well to sort of say, you know, judge something about, oh, well, it's only got one woman in it, or whatever. But it doesn't mean if it passes the test, it doesn't necessarily mean anything because you could have two women sort of standing there going, oh, I like your underwear. <laughs> yeah, or you could have sex in the city. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, or you could have a film that said you've got one female protagonist, but who she's really kick-ass and, you know, is the main protagonist and, and is great. So, you know. Does it I mean, change get... if she talks to herself? <laughs> I don't think so, no. <laughs> it's, got, it's got to have at least two named women in it, so she'd have to have two names. Two sort of separate personalities. Personalities, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure that's ever been put to the test. <laughs> I'll have to try it. Yeah. But it's quite interesting, though, because it, it is surprising how few films, if you sort of think about you know, any films you've watched recently, how few films actually meet that criteria. I'm thinking now, and I'm, I can't actually think, wow, that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying really hard to think of one now, and I can't think of any that I've seen, although to be fair, I haven't seen a lot of films no, recently. No, I haven't seen a lot of films lately. I've been, but, bit, uh, I've been a bit rubbish at films. Mm-hmm. I mean, even something like, um, oh, The Avengers, you know, there's a couple of different women in it, but they never actually talk to each other. But that was the first thing my mind went to. I was like, of course, there's more than one woman in the. Oh, no, wait, they never say any words to each other. Mm. Mm. Wow. I'm going to be watching yeah. films now going, when are these women going to talk to each other? Yes, and they're not allowed to talk about the man, you know. It can't. It's no good if they're just fighting over a bloke. What if they're having a go about how much of a dick a guy is? Does that... I don't know. I don't think so, because it's still focused on the man, I think. Oh, oh. I think it's the idea that, that all the female characters are generally there as some sort of attachment to the male character, so the love interest or the mum or, you know, the person who had to be rescued or whatever, mm-hmm. whereas the male characters are more independent, generally, I think. That long pause isn't me just being bored. It's just I'm actually genuinely trying to think of a film. Thank you. Yeah. That's really bad that I can't... I think the last one I could think of that I went to see was probably Brave, actually, because that's all about the mother and daughter. That's true. I actually watched that for the first time recently, and I don't think I quite got it. (laughs) (laughs) I liked it. Which is really... It wasn't sort of one of the better ones, but I, I liked it. I am. Um, I think the more I think about it, it's not that I didn't like it. It's just that I didn't see the point because, like most Disney or Pixar films, sort of have a bit of a moral, don't they? Yeah. But the moral of this one seemed to be: don't piss off your daughter so much she turns you into a bear. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't a legitimate moral. <laughs> <laughs> Because 
the thing is, like, my husband was uh, was saying that he thought that the moral was that you shouldn't try and, you know, like the girl learnt the lesson that she shouldn't have tried to have changed her mum because everything went tits up. And I was like, yeah, but then her mum actually did change at the end. So she gained quite a lot by turning I her mum into a bear. Sort of, it's a bit fuzzy, but I think it's to do with kind of a give and take, isn't it? It's to do with they had to sort of try and understand each other mm-hmm. because they both had very, at the start, they both had very sort of immovable positions about, you know, she wanted one thing and her mum wanted something else for her. And by the end, they'd kind of come to understand each other's point of view. Think, but they didn't um, necessarily have to completely change their own point of view in order to do that. I don't know. It was a bit a bit vague. <laughs> if, um, if I had a daughter and she turned me into a bear, I think the last thing I would do when I turned back would be to, like, give her whatever it was she wanted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a swift kicking she'd get from me. Turn well, me into a fucking bear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh dear anyway i've realized that i've I've bogarted quite a lot of this already because normally uh, i'm quite kind and i let the i let the guest do uh, a bit of a review first so i'm going to throw it over to you to right oh does it have to be anything in particular are we talking well the whole the, like the the umbrella of pop culture covers quite a lot so well i think the, the, the sort of there's sort of two main things at the moment going on which for me which is um game of thrones tv series and Doctor Who, which obviously everybody will be talking about a lot, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Game of Thrones is basically um, kicking ass at the moment still. Um, have you watched it? I've watched the, the very first episode of Series 1. Um, oh, OK. About two or three weeks ago. So far, the, the, I think the general gist is killing things, fu- yep. fucking things, yep. and practising killing things. Yep. Cool. Yep. There's, there's more plot that, but yeah, those themes definitely run through. <laughs> no, it's brilliant. I mean, I read, I've read the um, the books, all the books so far in the series, and I'd read the books before the TV series came out. So it was one of those things where you know, if you find out they're making a TV series of a book that you really like, you're like, a bit like, oh god, they're gonna fuck it up. They're gonna change things. They're gonna cast the wrong people. But I think so far they've they've done the absolutely spectacular job of of um translating books they haven't they haven't stuck a hundred percent to the books but they haven't made any major changes and there's like a zillion characters in it and i think people who haven't read the books are like who the fuck is this person now <laughs> so many characters but they've done they've got such a great cast and and they keep kind of introducing like every i mean i was thinking about this the other way there's so many characters in it that in the in a different tv show they would be like the standout character, the cool character in that show. But this TV show was just made entirely of characters like that, that you're just like, you know, great, brilliant characters. And it's it's a very dark, you know, it's very adult, but it's, it's, a, it's a new sort of take on the whole... I mean, I can't think of any equivalent fantasy TV series. I think that's the sort of game changer for fantasy on TV, because... Up until now, I think it's all been very much kind of like family entertainment, bit cheesy, Hercules, you know. <laughs> bit <laughs> cheesy. Yeah, a bit cheesy. Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> oh, um, so it's the the series, we're on series three now, which is, I think, I've seen the first three episodes of series three. And it's all, um, I'm in quite a good kind of um, position with it because I've read the books. So I sort of know what's going on, but I, I don't remember them in in that much detail because it's been a while since I read the book that this series is is based on Mm -hmm. so I'm not kind of like worrying about every detail from the book that's not on the tv or has changed or whatever 
so yeah i think it's 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 currently really sort of up there as one of the best sort of tv series in my opinion mm. i'm definitely gonna have to catch up with it yeah if for nothing else than the fact that i think pretty much everybody i know watches it so yeah it's almost impossible to avoid spoilers yeah <laughs> yeah this is true i mean one of the things i found when, when you read the book is he he really doesn't sort of follow the rules at all you know you you sort of when you like watching a film or reading a book and you kind of you've got a kind of expectation when you go in that certain beats are going to be hit and you know you've got your hero and your villain and your problem and this is going to happen and that's going to happen and you're going to end here but um george rr R. martin who wrote the books he just throws that all completely out the window and you're just reading this thinking he can't do that no no no, that's not right that can't happen and you just end up completely like you know anything could happen anybody could die you know the, the 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 line between the good characters and the bad characters is so blurred it's there's no sort of obvious kind of good guys versus bad guys thing and there's characters in it that you start off hating and then you actually start quite liking sort of as as the series goes along and people who do things that you think oh my god <laughs> So, so it's definitely yeah, highly recommended. Well, I've got the books on my Kindle. I don't know whether to read those first or to catch up with the TV. Yeah, it's a tricky one, really. I mean, the books are great, and they give you a sort of insight into the characters that you don't obviously get on the TV. But then at the same time, I think there's a lot to be said for the TV series just not knowing what's going to happen mm-hmm. and just having your, your mind sort of blown <laughs> by some stuff that happens on it so so i you know i think you could go either way but if you started watching the tv series maybe watch the first series and then read the book or something like that yeah it just seems like it's going to be uh totally the thing i'm going to want to watch and read it's just finding the time at the moment yeah yeah so many things to watch and read and and play Yeah. What I need to do is like win the lottery and then I don't have to go to work so I can spend all of my days reading. I'd catch up so quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the dream. <laughs> Dill was off work for um, about, I don't know, it was about six months last year because he had a, um, an accident. And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to get so much done. I'm going to, you know, and he's, and he's barely managed to catch up from where he <laughs> thought he would be. People get saying, oh, aren't you bored, stuck at home? He's like, no, I haven't got time to do all the stuff I want to do, even though I'm home all day. <laughs> oh, crumbs. Too much stuff. So. <laughs> but, yeah, I definitely recommend it. And I think, you know, the TV, even if you don't want to sort of commit the time to, um, you know, reading the books yet, the TV series is well worth it's it's just very it's very well made and it's got some really great actors in it mm-hmm. so it's definitely worth checking out cool you mentioned um doctor who at the start as well yeah or i'm a bit controversial about doctor who. yeah go on then tell us what your doctor who right well i will i i haven't watched the last episode which yeah. was the ghosty one if i'm yeah, yeah. So I haven't watched that yet, so I have no opinion on that one. Which okay. <laughs> the internet tells me was really, really good. <laughs> so yeah. I need to pull my finger out and watch that, really. Yeah. I'm having issues at the moment in that I am finding that this mystery about Clara and yeah. who she is and whatnot is hanging far too much over the show and yeah. sort of stopping it from moving where it needs to go and doing what it wants to do. And it's making, yeah. like, it's not necessarily bad. It's just I'm not excited for it right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think they've kind, he's kind of done something similar 
a few too many times for it to really feel like, oh, you know, this is this is exciting, this is different. Oh, you know, we don't know what's going on with this person. Mm-hmm. And I think because they've done the whole companion who's got more to them than they seem, they've done that a few times now. Yeah. I think, you know, with Amy and, you know, even with, with um, Donna and, you know, River Song and all that stuff, people are getting a bit tired of it now. And now they're saying, oh, we just want a companion who's just someone who's along for the ride. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I like, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I like Clara better than I liked Amy. I wasn't that fussed on Amy. And I think it's, Every episode so far, I've I've quite I've liked. I haven't there hasn't been any real kind of standout like wow that was amazing episodes. I don't mm-hmm. think so far, but I think it's been overall pretty good. I think it's a shame that they've split it up the way they have. Yeah, I hate those really, gaps. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't think it's really going to build up a head of steam before it, it comes to an end. Because I think on what are we now on episode three? Is it three now? Four? Yeah. No, is it four? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. This is four last week. So there's only like what two, three more episodes to go now mm-hmm. for this part of the series. <laughs> I'm really, not, um, I'm really not excited for the last episode because they released a poster for it the other day, and I really cannot stand River Song. <laughs> and and it was just like in the top corner, Alex Kingston. I was ah oh, balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's just one of those. I think it, it's a funny thing for a woman to say because. Um, most people would think that I'd be really advocating the sort of strong, sassy female character. But I'm starting to get the feeling that that's all that Moffat can write because Sally Sparrow was very similar to River Song and Amy was very similar to River Song and Clara's got a bit of a hint of the River Song about her. And it's just a bit like, dude, not all women are like... Yeah. Well, I mean, I think one of the reasons I really liked um, Donna as as a companion was the fact that she felt like a real person yeah and although she was you know she had this sort of significant arc where she turns out to be the dr don and all that stuff but, but at the same time she felt like she was flawed as well and she wasn't you know people weren't always going on about how wonderful she was and she sort of had self-esteem problems and and so i think you can kind of you can have both you don't have to be either perfect or a mess you can you can be <laughs> and I, I really i liked i really liked with the song kind of when she first appeared i really liked her as this sort of enigmatic character who crops up and the doctor doesn't know who she is but she knows him you know way back in um was it called silence in the library yeah, yeah. those ones that the two part when she first appeared and I, and I really liked that sort of idea but i think now they've gone too far with it i think they should have just left it at that or maybe just had a sort of a crop up just kind of very briefly in one or two episodes just to kind of oh you know that's that's her off of that thing yeah but i think now that they've explained her entire story she's kind of lost her mystery and and she's not as as interesting a character as she was mm-hmm. before the other problem that i have with her and this is not necessarily a problem with her i guess is that i and this might just be my failing memory but i'm sure i've asked somebody else this and they couldn't tell me either was there a reason that she married the doctor? There was. And I'm trying to think what it was. <laughs> because I was racking my brains thinking, like, I can't remember mm. any sort of reason why that had to happen or as quickly as it did. Because somebody said that it was to do with making her look him in the eye so she could see that he was the Tesselect thingy. But you could have done that without getting hitched. That's a really stupid yeah. thing to get married. Yeah. <laughs> 
extra card. Look who in the eye, otherwise. So, no, I can't. No, you're right. I can't remember. I, I remember there was some some reason for it, but I can't. I can't remember what because it, it was sort of set up to be that he was going to tell her his name, wasn't it? Yeah. That was what it was set up as being the sort of because because when she first appeared, she she knew his name and he said, "Oh, there's only one way I would ever have told you my name," and you assume that that's when he get when they get married, but then he doesn't tell her. That's not what he says to her. So I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I don't know, but. I didn't. I didn't know she was coming back for the finale. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'm not sure really. I, I. I think having kind of gone off now with Clara and sort of made a clean break. It's sort of. A, I'm not sure whether it's a good idea to bring her back really. Yeah. Because her story was all tied up with Amy and Rory and. Uh, well, that that's the other thing. I mean, his reaction to losing Amy and Rory was pretty drastic. Yeah. So sort of seeing River again is probably going to suck. <laughs> 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 we'll 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 see. Maybe maybe you know she'll come back and be. I mean, I suppose maybe maybe now that they've got got all the sort of stuff out of the way about you know what what the mystery with her is, maybe maybe she can just sort of be part of the story without kind of taking over. I guess. Mm, I hope so. Yeah, uh, I don't know. But I mean, I I've liked a lot of people didn't like the second episode, but I actually quite liked the one where they went to that planet and there was the oh all the singing. Oh, singing and stuff yeah and I, I was like I, I, I don't know I quite enjoyed, I thought it was, it was very um it's really old school sort of sci-fi and I quite like the fact that it was very kind of unashamedly sci-fi set on a weird planet that didn't make any kind of physical sense at all <laughs> and, you know, I've got to I didn't pay a lot of attention to that episode because I was at a friend's house eating fajitas at the time and I was much more concentrating on not dropping oh. chicken yeah. onto his sofa <laughs> it's <laughs> always well, a danger plot of it really didn't make any sense at all but it looked very pretty it seemed like i don't know if this was because again like i say i wasn't paying a lot of attention it seemed like the end of the episode was a bit do you remember the i think it was the second episode that amy was in with the star whale oh yes, on the yeah. ship. Yeah. It seems like every time they have a new companion now, there's got to be a bit where she, he or she can prove that they're somehow better than the Doctor. Yeah. And like, that happened with Amy, and it seemed like this happened with Clara, with the leak yeah. and all that business. Like, yeah, you've got, like, two, nearly 2,000 years plus worth of stories and heartbreak in you, but I'll tell this one story about a leaf and that'll yeah. the scale. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's it was, a leaf, love. It's a leaf. Badly flagged as well. That was what was going to be as well. It was sort of right from the start. I was like, oh, yeah, the leaf's going to save the day, isn't it? <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> oh dear. I did my my biggest issue at the moment is the fact that I'm not so excited for it because I actually miss being excited for Doctor Who. Like I used to be nigh on obsessed with it because I didn't start watching it when it when the newer series first started because like an absolute buffoon, I assumed that I'd need to have seen the classic stuff to understand it, so I just didn't bother because I was like, oh, it's far too much classic stuff to bother with. <laughs> Um, but then a friend of mine informed me that I was being stupid. <laughs> um, and I think I watched, I watched series three um, in mm. the space of about a week. I went back and watched one and two in the rest of that month. And then I started four when it came on the telly. 
And I was, yeah. oh, it was ridiculous. I was just like, I want to watch more of it. Can I have some more of it? And even when I didn't like the episodes, I was still like, I want the next one now, please. Uh, whereas oh. at the moment, it's just kind of like, oh, Doctor Who's on. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> when when do you think it sort of you sort of started to lose the excitement for it? I think it was um, around the hiatus it took last season. Um, mm. because I really hated that last but one episode because they were bigging it up to have this like sort of huge cliffhanger of oh my god what's going to happen and then there's that big break and you don't get to find out till like three or four months later well it was what the episode that was um, they found out who River was that River was um, uh, yes, yeah. Amy's yeah. baby and then she went missing but it's like yeah We've seen River in the future. We know she ain't going to die. That's not a cliffhanger. <laughs> it's like literally yeah. nothing can happen to her that we don't already know because there she is. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it was just a little bit sort of like, oh. And then, of course, because of that, I wasn't particularly excited about it coming back. And then I really hated Let's Kill Hitler. It's like yeah. a terrible episode. Ugh. <laughs> just... uh, yeah, I've, I've, been, I've been a little bit. I, I know what you mean. I haven't. I haven't sort of felt like... When when they sort of whenever there's Doctor Who kind of coming up, the internet always starts getting really sort of cranked up about it, doesn't it? And it's like, oh yeah, you know, it's coming, the new season's starting, and oh here are all these these clues about you know interviews, and oh and there's, there's you know st- you can't get away from it. And I I have started feeling a bit like, yeah, okay, it's a TV show, it's enjoyable, but it's just a TV show. It, it's not you know earth shattering. It's good, but it's not the best thing ever that's ever been on TV ever ever. And I think I, I, I sort of, yeah, I, I, I have started to kind of, I don't know whether it's just because it, it's been back for that sort of period now that it's no longer this novelty. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what it is, really. I think I think in some ways, I think the um, the Russell T. Davis stuff, although it was more kind of a bit silly in places and, you know, a bit, it, it had that big, I think it had, it had more of a sort of sense of drama to it. It always felt a bit more like the stakes were higher and it was more, I don't know, it just felt a bit more adventurous, really. I always found that it's a bit more fun. I think, yeah. um, although I like a lot of what Moffat's done with it, I do think it's it's definitely taken a turn for the darker and it's not so... I mean, like, I hated the Slitheen. I think they're probably one of the stupidest alien... Mm. Th- I mean, fucking uh, flipping thing that farts constantly. I mean, <laughs> come on, guys, grow up. Grow up, guys. Um, <laughs> but but some of the some of the aliens and things from the, the Russell T. Davis series were, like, they were really... Some of them were quite fun to watch. And, I, you know, yeah. I, I don't mind the odd sort of silly episode every now and again just to make me laugh and, you know... And I think it's a shame because I do... I think Matt Smith is my favourite Doctor since... Yeah, you know, since I, I think he's amazing. Yeah. And I think there were some episodes in Series 5 that were just absolutely stonking. It's just when it started going through that break and it lost its momentum and then, you know, it just, I don't know, it just kind of fell down a bit. I think this, I really think this new scheduling is just not working for it at all. No, I don't think so. I think I think they need to get back to just having a, a one long series because I think you need to sort of have that momentum to it. I can sort of see that, you know, well, they think, well, you get two installments over the year and, you know, you can, you can do more of the sort of arc stuff that they've been doing with Clara and, and people don't forget what's going on, but I, I don't know. I just, I just, just doesn't feel like as much of an event as it did mm. when Doctor Who's on. Yeah. What so. I will say though is that I do think that last Christmas's episode was probably the, the best Christmas episode they've done. 
I'm now struggling to remember the, the snowmen. Yeah. The snowmen, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she grabbed some yeah. stuff. It was good. And I liked it. I, I thought it was a shame in a way that they didn't keep her as the Victorian version yeah. of a character. Yeah. It would be nice for the Doctor to have a companion who's not, like, from present day London. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, even if you just, you know, just venture around the country a bit. I'm not even talking time scales. I'm just talking like. Well, I suppose Amy wasn't wasn't from London, was she? But uh, that was the big that was the big sort of radical change they made. <laughs> Scottish. She lived in the counties. <laughs> I know. It's like when when they when they introduced you know, when they were showing the promotional stuff of um, the snowmen, and you think, oh, cool, you know, she's going to be a Victorian girl traveling with him and that would be great because it will give a different perspective on you know things that are, are sort of every day to us will be amazing to her and and it's like no no <laughs> not but so uh, but i have i have enjoyed this series so far i think it's been you know it's been decent there's nothing i there's nothing i've hated about it yeah and they have yeah. some very good stuff in there as well so we shall see yeah um, the, the jury's still out on clara with me though but I think it's simply because I'm I'm sort of looking at her as like River Mark Three, so. <laughs> <laughs> and she talks really quickly. That really puts me off. I, I don't oh. know if that's a, just me being a bit weird, but <laughs> I had noticed. But... Oh. Well, um, in ter- well, keeping it on the telly theme, I've got a couple of things. The first thing could potentially sort of like really segregate whole parts of uh, my listening audience because it's super offensive, but. <laughs> but I have to talk about it because it's hilarious. Okay. Um, Rich and I discovered uh, a TV show called The Jesselnick Offensive, which, you know, right. when it has offensive in the title, yeah. you've, pretty much, <laughs> you've pretty much got to expect some pretty serious offensiveness. Essentially what it is is it's a comedian called Anthony Jesselnick who takes basically like the most depressing or terrible or uh, embarrassing news stories and tells a lot of jokes about them. <laughs> Which oh, right. um, is kind of awful, but it's it's the kind of humour that I, like I'm the kind of person who I if I didn't laugh at certain things that were probably really inappropriate, I would spend far too much time thinking about them and getting depressed by them or really upset by them or terrified yeah. of them, and I wouldn't leave the house and I'd become some kind of crazy hermit person. Um, <laughs> so I'm quite happy to to laugh at stupid things and and sort of terribly offensive things i mean basically if you're offended by racist jokes or jokes about paedophilia or jokes about terrible parents or jokes about, well basically if you're offended by anything in life <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe you shouldn't watch this show like i found it hilarious right um one of, one of my favorite things was from um i can't remember which episode it was now but they had uh, like a an audience participation game game type thing and um and the point of this game was basically they would put a racist search term into google and you had to guess what the you know how it how google brings up suggestions for you of the yeah. most viewed things when you're typing stuff yeah like. so they would give you the first three and and a member of the audience would have to guess what the fourth most popular search term was based off the start of a sentence so the, <laughs> the first one was white people smell like <laughs> <laughs> and and weirdly very weirdly yeah. the fourth most popular search term for white people smell like is wet chicken <laughs> i don't know why this is but apparently that is the case and, uh, and it, just, it just got more and more offensive from there but i found it so funny 
<laughs> um, I, I think it's only um, I think the last episode's on tonight actually so by the time I get this episode out it'll probably have been like a week or so ago but I imagine there'll be a series two because it seems to be quite popular one of the segments that they have is like a panel where they get two other comedians in and they just sort of riff on different news stories and things and it's had some like quite prestigious comedian guests and things so I would imagine it's quite a uh, quite popular in America so I don't think it will get cancelled or anything but um I just it's one of those things that you feel so bad about laughing at but you can't help it <laughs> it's like watching, I wonder watching an old person fall over it's really funny <laughs> so then you feel a bit bad and want to help them <laughs> oh, no. I just wonder if, if see, I can't imagine something like that being allowed to run in the UK and I was wondering because you tend to sort of think in America they're quite prudish but <laughs> not on this show <laughs> not on this show no I mean you wonder whether you know they maybe don't have the same sort of Daily Mail reader outrage to sort of deal with or if they do it's a it's a sort of less influential I mean just remembering all you know that all the trouble that Frankie Boyle got into with sort of making off-colour jokes about things and it just it just sounds like the Frankie Boyle show the way you're describing it yeah it kind of is actually if you if you are offended by Frankie Boyle I wouldn't bother watching it but if you do no. if you like him I definitely would recommend it yeah, yeah. It's so funny. And it really helps that Anthony Jesselnik's quite handsome. <laughs> oh, okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> There's that too. So, you know, yeah. just saying. Yes, and uh, other stuff, what I've been watching. Are you a, a How I Met Your Mother fan at all? I've seen it. I don't really follow it. Mm-hmm. I've quite liked what I've seen of it, but I haven't. I haven't sort of kept up with it in any way. I absolutely adore the show. Um, I think it's probably one of the best sitcoms like ever, and definitely one of the the best things on TV at the moment. <laughs> my, my problem with this currently is the fact that you know we're sort of what are we now? Six, eight, eight seasons in. We still, yeah, God. still haven't met the mother. <laughs> <laughs> at that point where you're just going if this if this was my dad telling me this story I'd be like dad how do you mean Tom for fuck's sake and I'd probably just have an absolute hissy fit at him but it's it's funny because like obviously they keep dropping quite major hints towards the end of every season because they're never quite sure they're going to get uh, syndicated for another <laughs> so it's like oh my god if I hadn't left the house without this umbrella the other day I would never have met your mum and then it's like oh shit um, I can't meet her this series so you know that umbrella story well that leads into something else entirely <laughs> just like oh balls completely unrelated <laughs> if I was those children as well I would be severely questioning why my dad wants to tell me about every sort of sexual conquest he's had before yeah. he met mama <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, I don't want to hear about you having sex with your friend Robin. Uh. <laughs> Especially because he keeps referring to her as Aunt Robin, so clearly she's still a part of their lives. It's like, <laughs> creep up. Yeah. <laughs> but I am like there was an episode the other week that was absolutely amazing because as we were watching it I was getting steadily angrier because it felt like such a load of filler <laughs> and I was like, yeah. it was like basically it was set entirely in the um, bar that they always go to McLaren's and uh, and it was the main character Ted was talking to future versions of himself and his friend Barney who were trying to convince him to go to this robots versus wrestlers thing and uh, and then like past versions of themselves appeared and tried to convince him to not do it and 
then slightly further into the future. And it, there was just like a whole bunch of Barneys and Ted's rolling around the, uh, the pub. And you were just thinking this episode is, is purely, we've just found out we've got another series, therefore we need to pad this one out a bit. Yeah. <laughs> the end just totally twisted into possibly one of the most like heart-wrenching things I've ever seen in my life. It was absolutely amazing. and I, I, I don't want to say what it was but it it just it turned the whole episode on its head and it was a really good performance by the guy who i think his name's josh radner who plays ted um who i've got a little bit of a crush on as well <laughs> oh god he's i think a theme here <laughs> i just watch lots of things with pretty people <laughs> but yeah i i've heard that the next series is 100 percent the last one so i'm a little bit torn now because i kind of never want it to end because it's brilliant but at the same time i really want him to fucking meet them all <laughs> Yeah, I think I think with these sort of TV series, they they can't go on forever, can they? You know, you think if he if he's like sort of eighty and he's still going, when I met your mum. <laughs> the the thing is though, now we're all coming up because the writers of this show are so good at doing episodes that twist things about or flip things on their yeah. head that we're really scared now that something's going to happen at the end of the series. Like you find out that he's telling the kids in so much detail about all the people he met before their mum. Because, I don't know, he's dying of cancer or something. Yeah. <laughs> I just want you to know what kind of man I was. Or, yeah. or because the mum's already dead. Or, <laughs> it's just like, yeah. we're just all these conspiracy theories knocking around. And I'm like, ah, oh, if it's, it's like when House was coming to an end. Did you ever watch House? Um, not really, no. Oh, it, I think I'm two episodes oh it got it got so heart-wrenching towards the end because about sort of i think it was only about six or seven episodes from the end of the series house's only friend gets hit with cancer and it's like a stage three series one and it was just like (gasps) what and of course like me and my friend stud just went mental thinking up all these different ways in which wilson was probably going to die and we were going to (laughs) cry Oh no! <laughs> I get really invested in TV shows. Yeah, so- I think it's a really it's a really difficult thing ending TV shows as well, isn't it? You know, if they know that it's coming to an end and it's been sort of built around some you know some kind of premise that you know needs to be paid off, mm-hmm. it's a really I mean, so you know, pretty much you can name any TV show that's ended that way, and people are going to complain about it. Well, you know? What was the problem with House is that the way House as a character was always written there was literally no reason for him to ever leave that hospital unless he died Wilson died or he got put back in prison yeah and so it was a case of sort of like this is not really going to be a happy ending we, we can all see this coming but we just don't know which way it was going to go and of course yeah as soon as we found out Wilson had cancer we were like oh that's great Wilson's going to die and then he and then House is going to go back on the drugs and then he's going to die and we're all just going to have a massive crying fest at the uh. but actually it didn't turn out that badly at all but uh, <laughs> uh. Um, now i am genuinely scared for the end of how i met your mother because i can't imagine why two kids would have sat listening to their dad for so long <laughs> unless something terrible is happening to the family <laughs> <laughs> so you know i've got that uh, lovely little bombshell to look forward to Ugh. Oh, well. terrifying they do something good with it <laughs> <laughs> they're all dead already and they're in heaven or something <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I'm sure. I think it was uh, Jason C. I never remember how to pronounce his name. I'm sure it can't be Seagull, but it might be. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, he's in it too, and he said he's always loved the idea that he'd be like, and that's how I met your mother, and then the camera would pan to the side, and it's just like apocalypse outdoors. <laughs> the whole world's ended, and the dad's just like, I'll just tell you stories to placate. <laughs> apart <laughs> so terrifying oh, oh no <laughs> and the the other thing i've been watching well semi watching is um is hannibal which is a pretty self-explanatory tv series based around Hannibal Lecter and whatnot. I've gone into this in quite the unique position of never having read the books or seen the films. <laughs> okay. Um, which means that I've got, like, my knowledge of this film and this character and, and, and the books is basically uh, a reference from Dumb and Dumber that I had to look up because I didn't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't even seen the French and Saunders one version of, of Silence of the Lambs? No. Oh, it's very good. Do you remember when French and Saunders were doing a, like, they'd do takeoffs of, of famous movies and they'd get all made up to look like the characters in the movies? I remember they did Misery. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they did a few. I can't remember all the ones they did, but they definitely did Silence of the Lambs, one of them, and Dawn French was Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> I have to check that. I love Dawn French. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. <laughs> well, it's not very long, but <laughs> it's probably on YouTube somewhere. I'm oh, sure. I'll have to look it up after we've finished. <laughs> Oh, so, so is Hannibal? Is it set? Is it set kind of when he's young, or when he's already been in prison and escaped? Or? It is pre-prison, from what I can tell. It's really well done, actually, in the fact that um, you quite clearly know exactly what he's doing because it's all based around him and this cop whose name I can't remember, <laughs> which means I've got uh, no clue. Sorry, Will Graham is it? Might be, might be. He's a little bit touched in the noggin. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. And I have been really enjoying it for the simple fact that it doesn't spoon feed things to you, but at the same time, it's not like completely bamboozling. You're not just sitting there going, "What's happening? Who's this guy? What's occurring?" Because I tend to find with a lot of uh, like programs of this ilk that because they're trying to be so adult, they're also trying to be, like, super complex. It's like, you, mm. you don't need to confuse me just to get mm. me interested in your show. Like, I'm, mm. I'm interested enough by this premise of this guy who's apparently a psychologist, what, <laughs> going around murdering people and eating bits of them? Like, that's <laughs> that's an intriguing enough concept to keep me coming yeah. back without you having yeah. to fanny about it with anything else. The, the worst thing is, though, is little bits like where he invites people over for dinner and you, as a, as a watcher, are just sitting there thinking oh is that like someone's lung or something oh, <laughs> oh. Just going, mm, what's this is it pork <laughs> delicious oh. <laughs> yeah, i can't i can't cope with that i went to see the film hannibal in the cinema with with dion and, and, and I, I i nearly had to walk out because i was like really nauseated there was one scene in particular and I think, I don't know, you haven't seen the film, but I, so I won't spoil it, but I think anyone who's seen the film knows the scene is towards the end. And I was just like, oh, oh, God, oh, no, I can't watch this. Well, it's been, um, it's, it's quite interesting the way they're handling it in Hannibal because you don't, really see him murdering anybody you just sort of see him preparing things in a kitchen (laughs) (laughs) which is a little bit more disturbing really because it's like it's he's just like do do, do, chop 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 just like chopping up some onions (laughs) and tossing it in there with this human heart or whatever it's like (laughs) cripes um but i've i've really i've liked it 
and I, I oh, I'm probably going to get smacked down on the internet because of this, but I'm not a huge fan of Anthony Hopkins. So right. I quite like this guy who's playing Hannibal. I've forgotten his name completely, and I didn't write it down, which is good of me. I could look it up on my phone, but that might take me a really long time because my internet's really slow. Can I have a look? You can have a go, see if I can get it on my phone. Uh, but yeah, the, the the TV show, it's quite, um, it's definitely dark, but I think you would expect that of that sort of show. But I think it's really interesting the way that they're portraying the copper and his sort of mental issues mm. and his processes when he's sort of at a crime scene. It's very clever, super clever. Yeah. And I, I'm quite excited to keep going with it because, uh, but my husband's absolutely like, he was agog when I said I hadn't seen Silence of the Lambs. He was like, I don't, I don't think I know anybody who's not seen this film. This is ridiculous. So, Oh, it's Mads Mikkelsen as Hannibal. That sounds Mads a bit Mikkelsen. right. What was he in? He was in something. It was, in, was he in a film or something? I know the name. Let me look him up on IMDb. He was a villain in something. Yeah, I, I get the feeling I've seen him be a villain before. He's got um, a slightly bizarre accent as well, but I quite enjoy that because I like yeah. a good accent. Can't, yeah, can't have a boring voice. Let me click on him on IMDb and see what it says. Oh, he was in Casino Royale. Oh, yes, so he was a baddie in that, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I got him now, yeah. Weird eyes, yeah. Yep, there we go. Okay, there we go. So there we go, yeah. <laughs> so he's good, yeah. I can he's imagine very he's good, good in that, actually. He's very good, yeah. because he's got this, he's got a very sort of collected air about him, because you would expect yeah. somebody who is psychologically damaged enough to chop up and eat people to be mm. either sort of full-on whack job or just like, what, this is totally normal? And he's he's very much in the totally normal camp. <laughs> pulls it off so well, it's like, it's really scary. Because like I say, yeah. when you're watching him prepare this dinner, it's just like watching flipping Delia Smith making a stew. It's like, it's, like it's, it's just so like, yep, I'll just chop this and I'll chop that and maybe slice off this bit of flesh and you're just sitting there going, oh, creepy. Um, <laughs> but he pulls it off really well and um, I really like the psychological element of it as well because like in the yeah. show, the policeman has started seeing Hannibal because he's just killed someone on the scene and basically his superiors have said, look, you've got to you know, go and do some counselling just to make sure the fact that you've killed someone hasn't sent you loopy. Um, yeah. So he started seeing Hannibal, and I find the psychological element of it really cool as well. Yeah. Plus, well, there's, I, I've read I read the book of Red Dragon, which is I think the first one in the series, mm-hmm. and and that's the one with sort of Will Graham in it, and and it's really interesting because there's this sort of idea that he's he's such a good cop because he can get into the mind of the killer. But because he can get into the mind of the killer, that just screws him up severely. So sort of at the start of the series, he's pretty much retired and he sort of comes back in. But he's just basically gone, oh, I can't carry on doing this. This is messing with my head too much. Yeah, it's definitely messing with his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and this sort of, because he just has this understanding of, of, of the killer. And, and so he's sort of put, there's a kind of dynamic between him and Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Hannibal being a psychiatrist and stuff like that. Yeah, it's really interesting. I'm, I'm kind of intrigued. I don't know if I'd actually watch it or not. Well, it's, it might be. Well, it's not like particularly gory or anything. Yeah. Um, 
I, I suppose it depends on uh, on your ability to watch a man chop up some lungs and things. Is because I mean, yeah. I, I was the girl who swooned in uh, in science when we had to cut up a lamb's heart. So yeah. <laughs> probably if you could watch Casualty, you could probably watch it. Cause <laughs> <laughs> casualty occasionally would be just completely gruesome because they'd be showing you like close up to somebody digging around in oh, <laughs> chest oh. cavity. <laughs> I haven't watched Casualty for absolutely ages no i haven't either oh. some, i think some of this one or two people in it who have just been in it forever isn't there? there's one or two actors mm. who've just always been in it well i was gonna um, say there's um i think it was charlie oh, yeah charlie he's he's, he's been always been in forever it. and he always looks the same age as well yeah <laughs> i suppose that's what happens when you always have white hair <laughs> no one's quite sure how old you are <laughs> But it was one of those things watching Casualty was always like, okay, how, what gruesome accident is going to befall this person? <laughs> you know, you'd see somebody walking down the street and you're thinking, okay, something's going to fall on them, but they're going to get hit by a car. Are they going to get. Yeah. <laughs> I think my favourite casualty moment was when somebody fell off the balcony in the hospital into the waiting room. <laughs> some sort of inept cleaning incident just went flying over this balcony just like did you leap over it how did you get over there <laughs> made absolutely no sense <laughs> oh casualty do you remember when they introduced holby city to try and make it seem cooler somehow <laughs> It didn't really work. <laughs> oh, well. But, yeah, I would definitely recommend Hannibal. I think um, the way that that's been made is kind of how I wanted the following to go before I dropped it for being rubbish. <laughs> Did you watch the following at all? Uh, to be honest, I'm, very, I'm really behind on TV. I'm, I'm very few things that I've either sort of... <sighs> whenever a new show comes out, there's always that sort of thing about, OK, A, is it going to be any good? B... Is it going to get cancelled after one series? So even if it's good, then you're going to be left going, it got cancelled. I really like that. So we tend to, uh, we tend not to sort of watch things when they first come out and then it's sort of you wait till you hear a few good things about something and then you get, you know, you get it on DVD or you get it on Netflix or whatever. So as a result, we're just completely behind on everything pretty much. Oh, well, we, um, we did start watching the following, but then it just got a bit ridiculous. So, so we stopped. What was it about? I don't even know. It was um, basically uh, Kevin Bacon is a retired FBI agent who right. caught this serial killer guy. The serial killer guy breaks out of prison, so they get Kevin Bacon back in to sort of chase him down. But the serial killer is like a literary professor, and he's a bit obsessed with Edgar Allan Poe and stuff. Oh, right. Um, so... And he wrote a book which failed miserably and, and it kind of sent him a bit doolally. Um, so he decides he's going to write a second book that's basically like an ode to Kevin Bacon. But what he's doing is he's writing it sort of in real life. Ooh. Um, so what he's doing is he's recruiting a lot of followers, basically cult members, to just mm. do a load of crazy shit. Which seemed kind of cool. Like at first, there were some really interesting, you know, murders and things going on. But then um, when he goes back into, he gets caught and put back into prison, like after about two or three episodes, I think. In fact, I don't think it was that many. But somehow he manages to get nearly the entire judicial system under his belt. 
nearly the entire prison guard and half the people within the police force oh. and FBI. And it's like, no, I'm sorry, not all of you are like of a yeah. cultist mentality. You can't all think this guy's the greatest thing mm-hmm. since sliced bread and win it. Like, no, it's stupid. And then it yeah. got to the point where it was just like, and the thing is as well, there was only like one or two of them that he actually bribed, like with, you know, threatening their kids or whatever. Like most of them were just like, oh, I can kill shit. Oh, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> is it one of those shows where they just keep revealing that more and more people are on the bad guy's side yeah. and everybody, yeah. you know, every single character is, is a baddie? It was, yeah. it was ridiculous. And it was just like, you know, I can suspend my disbelief for a certain amount if it's still interesting. But when it gets to the point that, like, nearly every policeman, even in a state that's not the one that you're in prison in, <laughs> is somehow under your, like, culty wing, it just makes mm. no sense. And he's not supposed to have magical powers or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Magical powers of suggestion. Not as uh, not as far as I'm aware. Like <laughs> it was just very clever, but like not like Lord Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> that would have made it cooler, actually. <laughs> as it stood, I just got a bit mad at it. Uh, okay. <laughs> was there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Um, nothing specifically. There's um a new TV series out called Defiance, which I haven't actually seen yet. But Dion seen the first episode and said it was quite good. Um, so I think I'm going to be checking that out. But that is by weird name guy Rock- Rockney S O'Bannon, I think is is his name. Um, and he's the creator of uh, Farscape. Oh, okay. And it's it's basically set, I believe, after all these aliens have kind of arrived on Earth and sort of had to integrate into Earth. There's sort of, I think there's, there's about seven different alien species. And I'm not sure whether they're kind of refugees or something, but they've basically had to settle on Earth. And this is sort of set a number of years after this. So we've got a lot of different alien species and humans all living together and sort of trying to, trying to, to get on together and obviously various actions not getting on but i quite like the look of it because i I sort of thought it looks like it's a proper sci-fi show Mm -hmm. with funny looking aliens (laughs) i love i love farscape so much and i don't think it's it's you know i said oh you know is it like farscape well no not really it's you know it's kind of a different tone to farscape but it's 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 got the same sort of idea of you know that all these weird and wonderful species are all interacting together and and i think if you look at like the promotional stuff of any any kind of science fiction or fantasy show, you look at the promotional material, it's got some person standing there in a pair of jeans, <laughs> looking serious, you know. <laughs> and it's all kind of like, oh, you know, this is the real world, but with a slight change to it. And so it's it's quite nice to see something where it's just like crazy aliens <laughs> doing crazy stuff. So I, I think I'm going to check that one out and, and, and see see how that one goes. Have you heard the sort of latest on the Star Wars films as well? They've uh, they've said they're going to be making the first one's going to come out. This is the Disney now that Disney have taken over the Star Wars franchise, and they're going to be putting out the first film in 2015, I think. Ooh. And they've said they're going to do one per year for I don't know how many years. That's <laughs> Forever, quite ambitious, maybe. isn't it? It is, yeah. And what they've said is they're going to do they're going to continue the the sort of main story every other year. So they're going to start off with one that sort of is the follow-on, you know, part seven or whatever. And then they're going to do standalone films in between, hmm. each year in between. And it's kind of like, on the one hand, okay, could be really cool. On the other hand, are you sure you're not overreaching a bit? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's put a bit... See how the first one does and maybe take it from that. <laughs> See, because when um, everybody, you know, when it was first announced that Disney were buying out 
the Star Wars like name and stuff and everybody there was a bit of uproar I was quite excited actually because I mean I don't know if you guys remember this little film called The Avengers that was fucking brilliant <laughs> I thought you know like everybody's going on like Disney are going to ruin Star Wars but they certainly didn't ruin any Marvel stuff. in fact I would go as far as saying that that's probably my favourite Marvel movie <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> you know they, they have the potential to do something very very good with it but yeah, yeah. they've got some people involved now um who certainly with the first film because the guy who's writing it i think is the guy who wrote toy story 3 oh okay and they're thinking yeah that's how you write a sequel that you know that is is a perfect example of how you write a sequel that's sort of a number of years after Mm -hmm. the previous film because you don't just do the same film over again You, you you take the story forward and you look at the effect of of what's happened in between and so that sort of made me think, yeah, you know, maybe actually they could do something pretty good here. Mm. And I think, please, I think, I think you, know, you were sort of saying about the internet outrage, but I think there was so much less outrage than there would have been if George Lucas hadn't fucked up the prequel. Because <laughs> <laughs> most of the comments I read was people like going, yeah, okay, well, can't be any worse than the Phantom Menace. <laughs> do you know, like, I still have yet to see Revenge of the Sith because um, the other two films bored me so much, I just haven't got round to it marginally better than the others but mm. but it's still not really very good i was There's having a bit to it where you just go oh what i was having what? an absolute <laughs> during the um you know the fight between um i've forgotten all the character names now weird red-faced guy i think i want to say his name's darth maul yes what a terrible what. nerd revoke beat <laughs> card immediately um when he's having a fight with um liam neeson and ewan mcgregor <laughs> He sort of beats both of their asses all over the fucking place for like an hour, and then he gets uh, he get is it is it Liam one of the two he gets one of them on their own and he's like dangling from this thing and all he has to do is sort of stab him in the fingers so that he drops down this massive fucking hole and he just stands there and I'm like dude just kill the guy already and like you know I'm not I'm not usually the person who roots for the bad guy but this guy had, had done some serious it was a bad sign if you're going look, when it's, especially when it's one of the heroes and you're going just kill him kill him why don't oh, you but the thing is this guy had been so badass and he displayed all this wicked skill and I was just like dude if you don't win this fight this is ludicrous because you are kicking butt right now and then he just stands there and gives him time to like flip over him and then chop his head off or whatever and I was just like no, this is not how we do things. You are being silly. Like, you could have killed him about 25 times by now, you silly git. And I just got really mad at it. Um, and that's yeah. that's possibly why I haven't watched Revenge of the Sith yet, because I'm scared I'll just get really mad at the telly. Yeah, I think you probably will. There's a few bits in it where you're just like, seriously, what? No. Doesn't make it. I think it's got it's it's it, it is better than the other two because it's not trying to be a toy commercial. You know, it's not got they've sort of got rid of all the kind of silly sort of you know the, the supposedly funny stuff that wasn't actually funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jar Jar. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's been said, hasn't it? But 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 it's still not really much good. But so I think that sort of helps helps the sort of Disney case a bit because they're going to go, well, look, you know, we might actually do a good job of this. <laughs> we'll get a decent writer on board, we'll get a decent director on board, and you never know, it might, it might be good. Yeah, so, you can't um, ruin this universe more than it's already been. Yeah. <laughs> I think 
sort of cautious optimism, I think, is the flavour. But I think I th- there is a danger that they will overdo it if they're trying to just churn out these films yeah, every year. Yeah, I was going to say, a film a year is, is reaching quite a lot. Yeah. And I also, I, I was sort of thinking, do you want to make, make everybody feel old now? But you sort of think, is, is it really, is Star Wars really the same thing that it kind of used to be when we were, you know, growing up? Because it's been such a long time since the first trilogy, and we're all like, you know, we're all in our thirties or forties or whatever now, and so it's not really kind of. There's a whole generation of people who didn't really. It wasn't as big a deal for them as it was for the sort of people who were around when it first came out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I sort of think, you know, maybe they're, they're sort of thinking, oh, you know, if it's called Star Wars, everyone's going to flock there, and it'll be easy money. And I'm not sure if it's necessarily the case anymore. Yeah. My my other worry about it is that there are a lot of sort of spin-offs and cartoons and all sorts mm, of stuff mm-hmm. that are apparently in continuity. So mm. is that something like, now am I going to have to watch like a billion episodes of The Clone Wars <laughs> before mm. I go and see this film? Well, I don't yeah. think you would, although I, I, I've only seen the first, I think the first two series I've seen, and it is really good. But The Clone Wars only takes you up to, it's set between episode two and three so it only takes you up to episode three to the revenge of the sith so there's nothing there's nothing i don't think there should be anything in that that you would have happened to have seen mm-hmm. in order to understand episode seven or whatever it is there may be some little in jokes but that's good i don't, think, I don't, think, I don't think you need to do like preparation <laughs> <laughs> just do some sort of homework before i go and see yeah <laughs> but it is going to get in a muddle though because there's so many different things now isn't there there's books and there's there's tv series and there's films and there's comics and there's all sorts of stuff and, and it's like how much of this is, are we going to follow i mean like the, with the books in particular there was a whole series of books about what happened after immediately after return of the jedi mm-hmm. and that goes quite a long way into the future so are they going to just ignore all that or are they going to try and fit it in and in which case do you have to have read the books <laughs> and people who have read the books and as far as they're concerned that's the canon are going to be upset if it's completely ignored so i don't i think in a way they'd be better off just kind of going okay well we'll we won't we won't tell another story about hannah Leia and luke we'll go off and tell another story about a completely different group of characters and maybe sort of reference the original series. So I don't, but I don't know. Mm. I'm keeping an Unless open mind. Unless I do mind. a Star Trek and reboot it. <laughs> I'm keeping an open mind. I am. Um, I want to like it. I am nervous now, though, that it's saying it's going to be a, a film a year because I just think that's a little bit too. Mm. That's putting a lot of eggs in that basket. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Crumbs. See, I think we've recorded this episode at the wrong time because this weekend I'm going to go and see Iron Man three. Oh. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh. oh, it looks good. It does look I good. Think, well, I yeah. Oh, I was uh, I was watching the trailer for that the other day, uh, immediately followed by the Man of Steel trailer, and I just had a bit of a like geek wee. It was. <laughs> 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 uh, I haven't seen the Man of Steel trailer yet. Oh, it this just good. it looks. I think it does, but I'm a bit of a Superman hussy, so plus I'm also a bit of a Christopher Nolan hussy, so <laughs> it's ticking quite a lot of boxes for me already. Mm. But um, I just ugh, this year in like films is going to be so great because there's yeah. uh, there's those two that I have to see, and yeah. um, I really really want to see. This is the end. Have you seen the trailers for that? 
No, I haven't seen them yet. Oh, it looks so funny. It's um, it's like a, a Mayan end of the world type scenario, and it just yeah. follows a bunch of actors who are at a party trying to deal with the end of the world, and they're all playing themselves in it. Oh, right. and it's got James Franco in, who I love. It's got oh. Seth Rogen in it, who I'm super attracted to, but only for his laugh. Uh, it's very weird I really really fancy the guy but not like physically I just think he's really funny and I love his laugh <laughs> there's uh, I mean like watch the trailer but there's a, there's a brilliant bit in it where um, Birdie played Hermione oh what is wrong with my memory Emma Watson that's the one she uh, she breaks into James Franco's house and like tries to rob them of all the water and food and stuff that they've got and uh and they're like come on you can't steal all our stuff like we've got to live as well and she's like come on i'm not fucking around and she like hits seth rogan in the face with like an axe <laughs> 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 like the butt end of an axe obviously but um it's just really funny and then they, like it cuts away to um oh, some other guy whose name i can't remember i am shit at names <laughs> He's really funny as well. I want to say it's Danny something, but that's probably not correct. Um, but it cuts away to him just sort of like looking looking really sheepish and staring at the ceiling and going, so uh, Hermione just stole all that shit. <laughs> it, just, it looks so funny. It looks so funny. And um, I'm very excited for that. There's a brilliant bit in the trailer with Michael Serra that I don't want to ruin for you, but like people should totally watch it. But yeah. Oh, we, said, we have so much trouble getting to the cinema now. Mm. It's like there's all these films come out and you go, oh, I really want to see that. And it's like, oh. But then they've got to sort out babysitters and we'll try and find a night and we can get into town. So, but my mum's moving nearer to us. So hopefully we'll actually get to see films more often. Oh, that's quite happy. Built in babysitter. So. <laughs> so I, was thinking, I was looking at it and oh, Iron Man's coming out soon. I was thinking, mm. really like to see that at the cinema, but. We've uh, we've got yeah. tickets for the IMAX for that. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Oh, jealous. <laughs> we don't normally do uh, IMAX stuff because me and Rich are pretty terrible at 3D films. But um, yeah. it's Iron Man. I think that's going to be pretty top tits, fantastic yeah. in uh, in IMAX. So. Oh, that'd be great. See, I like the second one. I know everyone's down on the second one, but I liked, you know. Yeah, I quite liked it as well. I just think there were little things in it that didn't make sense, like. Um, mm. Like Rhodey going on about how like he shouldn't have all this weaponry and blah de blah, and then he all of a sudden he turns up in this like suit that's got about fifty cannons on it. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Isn't that you're just saying that, that he shouldn't you have all these weapons, and then you've got like twenty times the amount he's got? What are you doing? Point so that he's in the military, and therefore he's sort of allowed to have all the weapons. I guess. Whereas so. just some dude who's <laughs> some slightly drunk dude. Lord. Yeah, some drug dude is a lord to himself. But yeah, but yeah, no, it is. But I, yeah, I, I, I really like the second one as well. So I think and the third one looks really, like it's going to be really good. And it, they always, they always love just beating the crap out of him, don't they? Tony <laughs> Stark, all the, all the trainers and poses, he just looks like something's just not again. <laughs> the poor guy. I know. <laughs> He's so great, though, to, um, Robert Daddy Jr. Just like, you could watch him and everything, couldn't you? Like, it was quite funny when uh, when he was first announced to play Iron Man. Like, a few of my friends were like, well, it's not going to work. Is that going to work? And I was like, hold on a minute. Billionaire, playboy, dickhead. Oh, yeah, that's Robert Daddy Jr. <laughs> Because he's got to have the charm, hasn't he? Because he, if he didn't have the charm, you would just go, this guy's total arse. Such a douche. He's got to be kind of like, yes, he's a dickhead, yet, but at the same time, you're still rooting for him. <laughs> but now, he's so he's so totally ingrained in my mind as Tony Stark now. Every time you know, we see, we've been watching, and with Summer, we've been watching 
Avengers. What is it? Earth Mighty Earth Mightiest Heroes oh, starting. Yeah. And like every time Tony Stark's it, it's just like, oh, that's Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> in my head. <laughs> I don't think it's him doing the voice, but it sounds like him in my head. <laughs> it, is, it does that when I read the comics as well. I sort of get his accent in my head. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> I read somewhere that um, uh, was it really Stanley? Uh, was he Stanley creation Iron Man? I t- I can't remember. He was specifically created kind of as a challenge to sort of go, okay, this guy's everything, because he was made and created in the 60s, and it's sort of like everything that people hated. You know, the big businessman, the arms dealer, what sort of stuff. And the sort of challenge was to create a hero who you would root for at the same time as being, you know, representing everything that people hated at the time. <laughs> oh, dear. I am, I need to read more Iron Man, I think, because I am... I only really read him in like the Avengers and stuff now. I don't I don't read an Iron Man title, which I feel like I probably should like go back and read some of the older stuff. It's just no, I've never read a standalone of him. I've just uh, there's so much stuff to read. <laughs> yeah. So much stuff. I never... sorry? Do you need another cup of tea by the sound of it? I do, I do. I, I would get Rich to go and make me one, but I don't think he will because he's watching the football. Actually, Manu have probably beat us by now, haven't they? Oh. <laughs> Sad face. Anyway, that's not what anybody on a nerdy podcast wants to talk about. Um, <laughs> I think Manu were already beating us 3-0 by the time I came upstairs, which was 20 minutes into the fucking match. So, uh-huh. <laughs> Um No, before, I've just like noticed how much we've been rambling, so I'm going to uh, it off a bit but before I, before we toed off I wanted to mention I don't know how much you were ever into the Hellblazer comics if at all never at all <laughs> see I am a massive Hellblazer fiend I absolutely adored it like it's it's the only book I was consistently getting, even when I had to drop most of my books when I moved in with Rich and realised, holy fuck, I'm spending a lot of money on comics. And so there was a big brouhaha fairly recently when they were going to end Hellblazer at uh, issue 300 and then restart a Constantine title that actually fit into the DC universe, which started, I think, two months ago now. And I just wanted to mention it because like, I was a bit... <sighs> I was I was a bit torn on the decision to end Hellblazer because Vertigo is a good place for John Constantine because it's a little bit it can be a little bit gross it can be a little bit gory it can be a little bit offensive it can definitely be sort of dark and mystical and demonic and things and I thought I don't I don't know whether that really has place in the DC universe but that being said um I've read the first two issues of Constantine and um for a start Jeff Lemire is um, writing it with Ray Fawkes which is obviously like a good start because he's kind of brilliant and uh, and I actually have really been enjoying it I was I was scared of it and I went into it sort of like eh, I don't know what I'm gonna uh, I don't know what's gonna happen uh. um, mm. but so far it's been really good I mean like it's obviously toned down but not so much that it doesn't feel like the same character if that makes yeah. sense have they sort of rebooted it in the sense of kind of going back to his origins as it were or no, they've done that no. with a few DC characters haven't they yeah no it's, it's of... sort of he's fully established as John Constantine and um, mm. the only problem that I'm having is that he seems to have a bit of a history with Zatanna in the current DC universe that mm. that as to my knowledge, I haven't read everything there is to read of Hellblazer, but I am trying to get to get hold of everything. But to my knowledge, that was never like a, a thing in the Vertigo stuff. So it's it's difficult getting to grips with that because you don't really know what happened. 
Mm. <laughs> they just keep sort of referencing that something did, um, which I hope gets sort of cleared up fairly soon. Yeah, probably well. I like to think so. Mm. But, um, but I think I think this is actually like, you know, it's it's obviously not the same as Hellblazer, but I think it's a pretty good. It's pretty close, and it's uh, it's yeah, it's I like it. Um, the artwork's really good. It's by Renato Guedes, who um, I don't think I've ever read anything like drawn by him before or if I have I haven't noticed that it was his but I think it's a, it's a pretty appropriate art style in the sense that it's pretty grim <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a little bit grim a little bit scratchy the colours are a little bit sort of duller um, but I, I really like it I think I don't think it's lost like too much of the, the Constantine that we all know and love and I think it just needs to needs a bit of time to find its footing in the new universe but to be honest there are some comics that I'm reading now that are up to like issue 18 or 19 and I'm still not sure they've got <laughs> very much of a full yeah, new universe. Yeah. So. That's a funny, I mean, I, I don't, I've never read any comp, uh, Hellblazer, and, but it, it always sort of seems slightly kind of on the edges of the sort of DC. I don't know. It seems it seems to be sort of doing its own thing yeah. from what yeah. what I've heard about it, and having a very different kind of feel to it too. Well, to be honest, I mean, from what I've read, there's there's definitely been some bits that have had some really creepy looking sort of demons and whatnot in it. Mm. But I I think there's only been one storyline that I've read that wouldn't be comfortable in the general DC universe, mm. which was a really horrendous storyline in which there was like an evil version of Constantine wandering around that raped his niece. <laughs> And it was a really awful. Oh. It was a really, really awful storyline that sent her insane, and she tried to kill herself, and then she tried to oh. demon to attack him, and it was all just really horrible. But that would probably be the only storyline I could see not going down well in the DC universe. Yeah. So I'm I'm quite happy for it to. I mean, as long as as long as Jeff Lemire's on it, I'm there. So. <laughs> okay. Good. So, good stuff. <laughs> And um, the only other thing I wanted to mention was, I haven't told you this, which I probably should, is that you get to pick the uh, opening theme song for the episode. Oh, my God. No. All the pressure. All the pressure. Um, You don't have to pick it right now, though. Don't worry. Right. Um, You can send it to me at a later date. But I've already pre-picked my ending episode theme. Okay. It's a bit sad, actually, because I feel like a girl of my age probably shouldn't be into Paramore, but I totally am. (laughs) It's one of those things that I always get the feeling it should be like emo sort of 12-year-old girls have been to, and I don't don't really fall into that category. Okay. (laughs) But uh, they released a new album this past month, which is just called Paramore, which is a weird, weird album, and I can't quite tell if I like it as a whole or not. I really liked the last album because it was like full of like really strong hits, as it were. Like you could have imagined any of them being singles and doing well. Whereas this one, there's like 17 tracks on it, and a lot of them are just like, "What on earth is this noise?" <laughs> um, <laughs> but the the song that I've picked is called "Ain't It Fun," which is I, I can't exactly explain why I like it so much because it kind of it does a lot of things I wouldn't normally like in songs, and there's some really stupid lyrics in it, but it's like, it makes me think of the 80s, and I don't quite know why, but I enjoy it. So um, I would say, if you are a fan of Paramore already, that you should check out the album, because it is totally gone in a different direction to all their other stuff. But I would imagine there's still stuff on there that you'd enjoy. If you are not a fan of Paramore, this probably wouldn't sell you on them. <laughs> Put it that way. It's, it's not the strongest offering. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, um, but hey, have a listen to the song at the end, and maybe that will change your mind, and you'll be all like, I'm a 12-year-old emo girl as well. <laughs> so, yeah, um, before we shimmy off, is there anything that you would like to pimp or plug? Before we just to uh, give another mention to the podcast Scrolls, which is on the Geek Syndicate Network, which I'm sure people will know, but it is www.geeksyndicate.co.uk. And if you want to contact Scrolls, Dion is on Twitter. I'm not. I'm not very contactable. <laughs> um, but Dion's on Twitter. He's at Dion underscore scrolls. Dion is, 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 is our glorious leader. Um, so you can contact him there. Um, or you can email um, scrolls at hotmail.co.uk. And that's it. Splendid. Right, well, guys, that was episode 15. If you want to get in touch about coming on to the show, you can drop me an email at uh, stacysparlour at gmail.com or I am on the Twitters as StaceBobT. I've also joined Instagram, so you can see pictures of all my food and drinks, what I have, uh, and that's StaceBobT as well. <laughs> I love Instagram, but it has encouraged me to take photographs of basically anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh oh look at this shoe oh look at this bedspread and then i think what are you doing? who's interested in my bedspread Nobody. <laughs> but hey if you want to see pictures of my bedspread then you can follow me on instagram uh, yeah. uh, we should we should do that with scrolls because we always take we always spend at least half an hour talking about what snacks we've got before we actually get going so oh, we should take photos of all the snacks <laughs> i'm absolutely obsessed with taking pictures of food simply because half the time i'm either tr- like bragging about the awesome food i've got or trying to convince people i am trying really hard on a diet by look at this salad <laughs> <laughs> Taking a picture of a salad isn't the same thing as being on the diet. <laughs> I'm actually behind my phone. I'm sitting eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> That's not true. I'm totally great on my diet. <clears throat> she says, having had three takeaways in the past four days. Um, <laughs> a salad, I'm sure. I did have a salad for lunch today. It was quite nice, actually. <clears throat> anyway, thank you for coming on to the show. Oh, thank you. Oh, it's been a pleasure. It's been lovely to have you. It is nice to have a lady on the show every now and again, because sometimes I feel like all the boys are ganging up on me. Oh, <laughs> I know the feeling. Uh, it's uh, it's nice. It's nice to talk about stuff other than books as well, because we always we always have to sort of rein ourselves in on scrolls. <laughs> like, and we're talking about we talk about books. We don't talk about TV shows and and films and things, or unless they're TV shows and films and books. But even then, we only do it occasionally. So. <laughs> Nice to be able to whitter on about other stuff. <laughs> oh, see, I could go on for days about all sorts of things that I've like read and watched and seen. I have to really rein it in. So I, I don't know how you could just talk about books because I just I, I am the queen of tangents. <laughs> well, we do go off on some weird tangents sometimes, but, but usually it's just completely random. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Well, thank you again for coming on. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And uh, to all you lovely listeners, I'll see you next month with another surprise, exciting guest. Yeah. Oh.